I'm going to start teaching. So we're in James 1, and uh, I love it. The first verse says, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Um, which, you know, this is amazing to me, and, I, and I've heard other teachers share about this, that it hit them as well, that uh, James is actually the half-brother of Jesus. And he does not say that at all in this chapter. He doesn't say it in, you know, if if Jesus was my half-brother, you all would know it. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I might have a little pull with the guy. Um, but that that is not what he said it either. So I'm going to, you know, let's talk about what bondservant actually means. To enslave or bring into bondage. Uh, I brought myself under bondage to all, or I have made myself servant, uh, denotes in a passive voice. To be brought into bondage, to become a slave or servant, rendered, or you became servants of righteousness and becoming servants to God. And um, so... Um, James didn't even believe in Jesus as the Messiah until after the resurrection. Um, he grew up with him, and he did not believe in him until he saw him after he had risen from the grave. But once he, he did see Jesus risen from the grave and accepted him as the Messiah, there was no more, that's my half-brother. He became a slave to Christ, and, and he he died preaching the word of God, um, as many of the apostles did. Um, so, um, so James 1 verse 2, uh, my brother, count it all as joy when you fall into various trials. He jumps right into it, like, this chapter hit me pretty hard this morning and spoke to me, uh, and I hope it does you guys. Uh, verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I mean, what does that mean? For me to sit up here and teach on this really made my look at look at myself. And how much work really still needs to be done. Thank God that he is patient and kind and loving. And <laughs> uh, because I am not perfect and I got a long ways to go. And I realize that uh, um, I'm not. Well, I'm way more patient than I have ever been. <laughs> but I still. Um, I, I can get let things like my business really test, you know, and it's just everyday life stuff that really doesn't mean anything. And I can let it get me all caught up and worried and frustrated and full of anxiety. And, you know, it made me kind of think when I was reading this, am I that way towards kingdom things? 
Am I that, you know, am I, what am I putting first in my life? Is it Christ that I'm really putting first? And uh, I know what I want the answer to be is yes. You know, but God definitely revealed to me that I, I still have some work to do. Um, so I'm going to uh, hit on the word patience. Patience implies suffering, enduring, or waiting as a determination of the will, and not simply under necessity as such as an essential Christian virtue, to the exercise of which there are many exhortations. We need to wait patiently for God to endure uncomplainingly <laughs> the various forms or sufferings, wrongs, and evils that we meet with, and to bear patiently injustices, which we cannot remedy, and provocations we cannot remove. Um, wow. That, <laughs> I mean, when I really think about that, um, so people that wrong me, I'm supposed to love them. Um that's a lot easier said than done, right? Thank God that he does change our hearts. He would take that heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh. And I, the only way that I know that I can do any of this is with the Holy Spirit on board, being in the word of God every day of my life. Um, it changes me. And I still have to repent on a regular basis and, and you know, and repeat, <laughs> you know. But if we, if Christ is our everything, and what we are striving to meet to be Christ, like He died for us while we were yet sinners, you know what I mean. He loved us while we were still the scum of the earth, or the you know, uh, while we were still in sin. I know he loved me while I was still in sin. He was in my life long before I was seeking him, keeping me safe through horrible situations. And, you know, um, he knew that eventually that I would seek him. Um, so I wrote the note. I really feel like God led me to this chapter because he's speaking to me about stuff I need to learn. So I'm really hoping others get something out of this as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, Acts 16.25 says, But at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors, doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison Awakened from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners, prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But call, Paul called with a loud voice, Do yourself no harm, for we all are, are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in the house. And he took them to the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God and all his household. So I, I feel like I was led to that because Paul and Silas were in prison. And that's not the prison that, that we are deal with today. That was rough, nasty, bad prison, shackled to prison guards, you know, not a good time. And they were fasting or singing and praying to the Lord. They had joy <laughs> in the worst of circumstances. Um, and out of that, this prison guard and his whole family get saved and baptized, right? We're supposed to be a light. <laughs> they, they were lights. You know, in the worst of circumstances, they still loved and praised God. And that, you know, that set other people free. And I know, as I know everybody here, I know everybody here tonight, and I know that that's what we all want, right? I want it. I want to lead people to Christ. That's like my main purpose on this earth. That's the only reason I actually even want to be here. I, I'm, I love my family. I love kids. I love, you know what I mean? But I'm ready for the rapture. I'm ready for us to all go to heaven and be in God's presence forever. No, have him wipe, wipe away our tears. But there's people that still need to be saved. And so we have a, we have a job to do down here. And uh, I don't know. I get impatient sometimes because I'm like, I'm ready for a revival. <laughs> People flooding the doors, just giving their hearts to the Lord. And, you know, but it's on it's on his time. And uh, so we just do what's put in front of us on a daily basis and and keep in thoughtful prayer. So, so uh, James 5, if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and, will, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything Anything from the Lord. So let's look at that word double minded because when I was reading this, I was struggling a little bit, thinking, man, I I go through those spells where like, did I really hear from that from God? Is that what really God wants from me? Am I really supposed to do that? Am I you know, I question myself and I question God and I and I so I was struggling, thinking, am I that double-minded guy that's never going to get my prayers answered? Or you know, and uh, it, I read this and it kind of hit me. It, it goes back to uh, being a, a bond servant. What well, actually, I want to back up a little bit. And one of the definitions I came up with was two-sold. 
double-minded, two-souled, um, which kind of brought me a little relief because I, the way that I took two-souled would be you're serving two masters, which you really can't. The Bible says you can't do that. You either hate one and love the other or you love one and hate the other. Um, but that's double-minded is you're serving the world or you're serving your flesh and you're serving God it, or trying to serve God. It doesn't work. Um, so you can have a head full of all kind of the knowledge and be able to quote verse after verse, but without a personal relationship with Christ, you have no real wisdom or knowledge of what his word is really saying. Because it, only God and the Holy Spirit can open our eyes to the truth. Um, so James 9, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humil humiliation because of a flower of the field, he will, as a power, wow, I'm stumbling on my words. Because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat that it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his, pursuit, his pursuits. So I looked up the word exaltation. Um, lively or triumphant joy as over excess or victory. So I pretty much, yeah, everybody's okay for me to talk about this, although I'm online, so everybody's going to see it anyway. But um, I just felt like God laid it on my heart to share about, uh, about that, you know, lowly uh, glory in his exaltation. Um, so I've been a, in a position in life where it's, it's the outside looking in. You would think I had it all. We we had a, a, a business, brand new Harley, went and did whatever we wanted whenever we wanted. You know, we'd go on these vacations to Florida and Sturgis. And, and uh, but I was dead on the inside. And I was, I just did not want to live with all this stuff. You know, um, but I've also been in positions in life where I had nothing. I was 20 years old in prison, and I studied the Word of God every day, and I went to prison and became set free. Like, I was happy, joyous, and free for two years behind bars, which you would think would be the worst time of your life. Um, and so... I understood that when I was talking about glory and his, and his exaltation. Like, um, and it kind of blows the old prosperity gospel stuff right out of the water. You know, um, it's not about stuff. You know, do I feel blessed that God lets me have things? Yes, I do. 100%. It's great. But I also know that I have felt joy unspeakable in the worst of situations 
because of a relationship with Christ, not because I had a Harley or because I had the beautiful wife or the, you know, which the beautiful wife is awesome. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> good gift from God. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, that it really bothers me when people twist the word of God um, for a financial profit. It really bothers God too. I've definitely read some chapters about where it really, it, it it's not going to be good for a lot of pastors when God comes back. You know, they're going to say, "But we prophesied in your name, and we did miracles in your name," and He's going to say, "I never knew you." Can you imagine? Oh, I can. I <laughs> one of my biggest prayers is that I finish well. I, you know, I. <laughs> well done, my good and faithful servant. Servant, bond servant, which is right. Yeah. Um, that's why I think it's really important that we, you know, it, you can come here, you can go to other churches, and you can have somebody sit up front and read you the Word of God and, and, and try to teach you to the best of their ability. And we're all human, and none of us are perfect. But we all need to be in the book at home, studying the Word of God, and and we need to be putting it up against what people are teaching us. Like, is you know, I really hope that people will go home tonight and be like, is what Shane said tonight in there? You know what I mean? Is that's what's meant? And, and if if you had a question, please bring it to me, and we'll we'll get in the Bible and we'll figure it out together. Um, because that's it's so important. I, you know, John says in the, in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. So that I take that as the word is Jesus Christ, and it's also the living word of the Bible. With if you want a personal relationship with Christ, read His word, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, it's just not good enough to have somebody else teach us. We, you know, so I could stay on that all day, but I'll move on. So James 1.12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, for which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed means to be made holy. And I put reward in question mark. Like, what, what is my reward? And I was thinking of so many. Uh, I have a reward in heaven. Uh I have a reward just in salvation alone. That's that is my reward. I, that God provided a way for me to not go to hell, because with I am a sinner, <laughs> and without the blood of Christ and what He did on that cross, I am bound for hell. And He He loved us. Do you know what I mean? Reward. That's a, that's a pretty good one. You know, if I'm sweeping in heaven, I'll be happy. <laughs> So, so James one uh, thirteen. So no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. 
Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. And I didn't hear one thing about the devil in that. <laughs> That's all me. <laughs> I don't need anybody's help. You know, um, it once. I mean that I can't really say much more than that about what what that says is that you know our own desires, our own heart, our own mind, our own flesh can lead us into sin and death. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because I was just talking last night and I talk about this a lot. I, you know, seems like not that long ago, but I really believed I was a good guy as long as I didn't drink. You know, pretty good guy as long as I don't drink. And then God revealed the truth to me that I was one of the most selfish people I have ever met in my life. <laughs> he like revealed it to me over and over and over, my own selfishness, and I could not deny it. Um, and thank God, because I finally truly repented. You know, I don't want to be that person anymore. It, that's the awesome part. It's like... It's like you don't want to look at yourself, but when you finally do and you repent, you don't want to be that. God will set you free if, you know, if we just ask him, you know, please don't. I don't want to be like this anymore. And it's such a great place to be because then you realize, I realized anyways, and I think most of us do, that I couldn't do anything about how selfish I was. I could not change who I really was without God's help. Yep. So Corinthians, First Corinthians ten thirteen says, "No temptation has overtaken you except such as in common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you be may be able to bear it." And then it says, flee from idolatry. <laughs> um, but that's great. And that let me know I was right on track because we're in the group Friday nights. It's called Way of Escape. Like It says right there that, that no temptation can overtake me as long as I have. I kind of hate that when people say I've got on board. It's more, it's, it's more, it's like. You know what I mean? It, it's it's so much more than that. It, I don't have God. I'm surrendered to God. It's like I'm on board with Him. <laughs> you know, I, I we need to. I need to. We need to keep ourselves in proper perspective of who God is. You know, it's so easy to think of God as that magic genie, rub the little bottle, and I'm going to get what I wish for, or I'm going to get out of this mess. Thanks, God. I'm going to go do my own thing again, and it's not. It He. God is so loving and so kind and so gentle, but he's also God of the universe, spoken into existence. You know, he did. He deserves respect. So, uh, James 1, 17. 
every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down to the from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures that's an interesting word first fruits I'm going to try to get through this. It's a little jumbled, but an offering of first fruits um, to make a beginning. Uh, it says to sacrifice your first fruits. So, though the English word is plural, in each of its occurrences, uh, I'm sorry, I got a little bit mixed up, but so the Greek word. Is always used singular but there's two Hebrew words that are translated into one meaning the chief or principal part so one way of putting it would be the earliest ripe of the crop or of the tree they're found together and I love this definition the first of the first fruits um, and I'm trying to put that together in, in a way that I can explain it and, and how I understood it. But So we're supposed to give the first of everything to God, right? First fruits. Back in those days, it was your crops. Whatever you grew, you gave the best of the best. You gave the best of your calves, the best of your animals. The best, you know, you gave it all to God. And he considers us first fruits so he considers us the best <laughs> that that's what i thought you know what i mean my first reaction was like wow i know me <laughs> but god thinks of us this is the word i can't fight it it says that god thinks of us as his first fruits that's amazing it is but he sees us through the lens of Jesus Christ. Right? Thank God he sees us through the lens of Jesus Christ. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So then... Here we are at the end of this. Doers, not hearers only. James one twenty one. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of the wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. <laughs> I read this this morning, last night as well, but I really like trying to make the notes how do you therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls <laughs> that's that's quite I, we could probably talk for the next hour and a half on that verse if we really dug into i mean what does that mean 
until what I did get out of it. I understand the filthiness and the overflow of wickedness that I have lived. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I, I believe that the devil loves to remind us sometimes of who we used to be. Uh, you know, but this part is great. Implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Um, so I wish that I could quote the exact verse, but uh, I, I know when I, I believe it's actually in Acts 10, when we were uh, learning about uh, the Gentiles, when it was first when the gospel was first brought to the Gentiles, um, that God said that the, His word would be would be written on their hearts. <laughs> so it's literally Jesus Christ is implanted on our hearts. So we we all know when we're living right and when we're not, even when we're not saved. I, I, the, the truth, if we ignore it a, a long enough, God will blind us to the truth. He, he will. But we've got a long time in life to live and have a conscience and know that, that the way we're living isn't right. We all know it 100% in, inside, deep down in. And I think that's why a lot of us, when living in sin, get so angry at anybody that says it's sin. <laughs> you know? Because you know it's the truth, right? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. That's me. That's what I want. I want to be that guy. I don't want to be that. You know, I've been the guy that's forgot who he was and went out and and lived not such a great life. And uh, I, like I said earlier, I want to finish well. I don't. I, I um, am on my knees daily praying to God that he doesn't let go of me. Just like the Bible promises me that if he's had me in his palm, in his hand, he's not going to let me go. And uh, I'm so thankful for that because with, but God. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. And uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit that's not talked a lot about in the, in the prosperity churches and stuff is the fruit of self-control. <laughs> that's one a lot of, a lot of us don't want to hear about, but... It is a fruit of the Spirit. If we have the Holy Spirit in us, we can have self-control. We can learn to control our temper. 
and we can learn how to control how we treat people. Um, we can learn how to spend money correctly. <laughs> we can we can have all kinds of self control uh, with the spirit of God in us if we allow it. You know, so James one twenty seven pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Uh, that's like uh, powerful. Every verse in this is powerful tonight. I mean, I, I know the whole Bible is powerful, but this just, this whole chapter like really stood out to me. So pure and it's not about the how you look on the outside. It's not about the money you make. It's not about the car you drive. It's not about how much you got in the bank. How anything of that. It's not how many times you go to church. Not how many times you get up and down off your knees and say that our fathers. And it's a perfect religion. Is going to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. It's uh, being kind, being loving, being compassionate, uh, giving people. I keep going back to it, uh, being a servant, putting others' needs ahead of our own. Um, and, uh, I I don't know about you guys. I've got some praying to do. I think about Shane quite a bit still. If I'm going to be honest. So and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. That could be talked about for the rest of the, you know, the rest of the year. Um, in the society that we're living in, in our culture, um, I'll share a little story. Uh, growing up, Kiss ninety four five, Kiss ninety four point five was like the most easygoing, listening, non sinful. I would think radio show around you know i never it was just all easy listening music and it was on because we'd been listening to christmas carols on 94.5 well on the way to work today they're sharing about how this lady got drunk and made out with a clown at her kid's birthday party and they weren't talking about it in a bad way they thought it was great that it was life was such an adventure and i was like we kind of looked at each other like, is this really happening? You know, and why I'm surprised, I don't know, because it's everywhere. Um, I really believe we're close, very close to the end. Um, it says it'll be like in the days of Lot, in the days of Sodom, Gomorrah, in the days of Noah. 
And um, you can't turn on the TV without seeing something sexual or selfishness. Like every commercial is either about sex or it's about doing whatever your heart desires. They teach it in school. They, I mean, it's like it's hard to not be spotted by this world. It's a, it's a hard to live in this and not not become so accustomed to it that it doesn't even phase you anymore. I gotta say, though, the more I'm in this word, and the more I'm around good people that I love in church, the more my eyes are open to that. And that's the balance, is being a light to these people, but hating the ways of the world, right? Not joining it, not, you know, but hating the way of this world, but loving the people in it. And hope that they can see a light. It's like, I'm sure other people can relate, but it's quite a balance to not become hateful towards the people, you know. Um, but we are called, and please don't think that I'm sitting up here preaching like I'm some kind of saint, That, but my heart was pricked, right, with... Uh, we're supposed to love these people. We're supposed to be a light. We're supposed to try to show them a way out of the darkness. Um, so my prayer would be that we would all look at that and, and maybe ask God to reveal to each and every one of us where we're sitting with that and, and ask for help to look at the world through his eyes. I mean, we're talking about a Savior that was hanging on a cross asking the Father to forgive them for they knew not what they were doing. I mean, it, somebody cut me off in traffic or, you know, and God was literally being hung on a cross by the people that he loved, the people that he died for. So, um, so I uh, hope this went well. Um, I'm going to lead us out in prayer, and then I'm going to give us, after we go offline, I'm going to give us all a couple minutes to um, talk, pray, uh, praise reports, anything that anybody wants to do. So, Lord, we're just so grateful that you love people like us, that we would be your you would consider us first fruits. That you would consider us people to go out and, and show your light to the world. Um, Lord, please let us put that in our hearts, Lord, that what truly matters in this life is, is just trying to win souls for the kingdom of heaven. And please show us how to love people the way that you love, because we are not capable of loving 
without you. So we love you and we praise you and we need you, Lord. Amen.